0: Wisdom from Above, with Dr. Harlan Betts. Greetings, podcast friends. Welcome back to Wisdom from Above, where we go beyond the reasoning of man to the revelation of God. Today is our 79th podcast. In this seventh season, we are focusing on the last days. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and Sadducees because they did not know the signs of the times. My dear friends, Jesus expects us to know the signs of the times. And so we are dedicating a couple episodes in this seventh season to looking at the signs of the times. Jesus gives us a phenomenal prophecy In Matthew chapters 24 and 25. There in that passage, Jesus reveals the signs of the times. Sign number one is false Christs and false prophets. And Jesus warns us not to be deceived. Sign number two is wars and rumors of wars. And Jesus warns us to wake up. Sign number three, famines. Sign number four, plagues. And sign number five, earthquakes. And Jesus warns us to be prepared and to feed on his word. After revealing the first five of the ten signs of the times, Jesus makes a brief comment recorded in verse eight that provides a key to understanding the signs of the times. And it is often overlooked look at verse 8 jesus says very simply all these things are the beginning of sorrows the greek term for sorrows could be translated birth pangs or labor pains so jesus is saying that these signs of the times will be like birth pangs or labor pains They will increase in frequency like birth contractions. And they will increase in intensity like birth contractions. As the number of false Christs and false prophets increase, as the number of wars increase in frequency and intensity, as the number of famines, plagues, and earthquakes increase in frequency and in intensity, you will know that the end is drawing near. Having given this key to understanding these signs of the times, Jesus goes on to list the next five signs of the times. Today we want to look at the sixth sign of the times. Jesus says, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, And shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Notice the term afflicted, and kill, and hate. Sign number six is a persecution of Christians. We will be afflicted, we will be hated, we will be killed. More and more, Christians are being maligned and tormented, beaten and molested, arrested and slaughtered. Michael Horowitz, an Orthodox Jew, has written this. The mounting persecution of Christians eerily parallels the persecution of Jews, my people, during much of Europe's history. Today, minority Christian communities have become chosen scapegoats in radical Islamic and remnant communist regimes where they have been demonized through populist campaigns of hate and terror. So here is an Orthodox Jew recognizing this mounting persecution of Christians. He's seeing this persecution of Christians as increasing in frequency and in intensity, especially in Islamic and communist countries. So Jesus' prophecy is right on target. The persecution of Christians is increasing in frequency and in intensity. 520 Protestant churches have been destroyed in the past two years in Indonesia alone. More than 70 church leaders are imprisoned and some tortured in the Hunan province of China alone. Egyptian police have crucified and raped Christians. That's the police. According to Religion News Today there may be as many as 300 million persecuted Christians worldwide. According to International Christian Concern, 425 Christians are killed every single day. I want to say that again, just in case the shock of the facts blew your mind. According to Religion News Today, there may be as many as 300 million persecuted Christians worldwide. According to International Christian Concern, 425 Christians are killed every single day. Talk about the persecuted Christians increasing in frequency and intensity. Wow. I want to share some facts and figures drawn from an article in eCommunicator News, February of 2020. Christians are the most persecuted group in the contemporary world. Over 100,000 Christians are violently killed annually because of their faith. Did you hear that? 100,000 Christians are violently killed annually because of their faith. According to the World Evangelical Alliance, over 200 million Christians are denied fundamental human rights solely because of their faith. Of the 100 to 200 million Christians alleged to be under assault, the majority are persecuted in Muslim-dominated nations. Christians suffer numerically more than any other faith group or any other group without faith in the world. Of the world's three largest religions, Christians are the most persecuted with 80% of all acts of religious discrimination being directed at Christians who by the way only make up 33% of the world's population that was from e communicator news now according to open doors christian persecution around the world is one of the biggest human rights issues of this era Every year, the Christian nonprofit organization Open Doors publishes the World Watch List. It's a list of the top 50 countries which Open Doors designates as the most dangerous for Christians. And I have the statistics from the 2021 World Watch List. The top 12 countries Countries persecuting Christians are in order North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, Pakistan, Eritrea, Sudan, Yemen, Iran, Nigeria, and India. I think it could be eye opening for us to take a little time to look at the top six countries where Christians are being persecuted. Number six is Eritrea. The authoritarian regime under President Aforki is responsible for massive human rights violations, especially towards Christians. Christians are considered agents of the West and the government will arrest, harass, and kill them with impunity. Hundreds of Christians who are members of unregistered churches are in prison. Some have been held captive for over a decade. Many are forced to work long hours in commercial flower fields, and some are held in shipping containers in scorching temperatures. The number five most dangerous place for Christians is Pakistan. In Pakistan, 1.5% of the population are Christian. Pakistani law mandates that blasphemies of the Quran are to be met with punishment. At least a dozen Christians have been given death sentences and half a dozen are murdered after being accused of violating blasphemy laws. In 2005, 80 Christians were behind bars due to the blasphemy laws. Many church buildings have been bombed or burned down. An estimated 700 Christian girls and women were, are abducted Every year in Pakistan, that 700 Christian girls and women abducted every year in Pakistan. They're often raped and forced to become Muslim or forced to marry Muslim men. Let me share just a few highlights from the news in Pakistan over the years. In October 2001, gunmen on motorcycles opened fire on a Protestant congregation in the Punjab killing 18 people. In March of 2002, five people were killed in an attack in a church in Islamabad. In August of 2002, mass gunmen stormed a Christian missionary school. Six people were killed and three injured. In August of that same year, grenades were thrown at a church in the grounds of a Christian hospital in northwest Pakistan near Islamabad, killing three nurses. In December of that year, three young girls were killed when a hand grenade was thrown into a church near Lahore on Christmas Day. In November 2005, 3,000 Muslims attacked Christians in Sangla Hill in Pakistan and destroyed Roman Catholic churches, Salvation Army churches, and United Presbyterian churches. In August of 2007, A Christian missionary couple, Reverend Arif and Kathleen Khan, were gunned down by Muslim terrorists. In August 2009, six Christians, including four women and a child, were burned alive by Muslim militants and a church set ablaze in Gojra, Pakistan. On November 8, 2010, a Christian woman, Asia Noreen Bibi, was sentenced to death by hanging, for violating Pakistan's blasphemy law. On March 2, 2011, the only Christian minister in the Pakistan government was shot dead. Shabaz Bati, minister for minorities, was in his car along with his niece. Around 50 bullets struck their car. On March twenty-seven of 2016, a suicide bomber from Pakistani Taliban faction killed at least 60 people and injured three others in an attack at a park in Lahore, Pakistan. The number four most dangerous country for Christians to be persecuted is Libya. The absence of a single central government to uphold law and order contributes to the extreme levels of pressure in national and in church life. Libyan Christians with a Muslim background face violent and intense pressure to renounce their faith. There is no freedom of speech. There is no equal treatment of Christians. There's no recognition of the church and there are no churches being built in Libya. The number three most dangerous place for Christians to live is Somalia The Constitution of Somalia assumes all Christians will, excuse me, the Constitution of Somalia assumes all citizens will be Muslims. Even being suspected of being a Christian can lead to instant death by execution. Often beheading. Al-Shabaab, an African Islamist terrorist group, wants Somalia to be free, completely free, of all Christians. They want to wipe out every Christian in the country. The number two most dangerous country where Christians are persecuted is Afghanistan. Afghan Christians are not allowed to exist. Conversion from Islam to Christianity is punishable by death. There are no church buildings in Afghanistan. Not one. And the number one most dangerous country for Christians to live is North Korea. North Korea is an atheist state where the public practice of religion is totally discouraged. The Oxford Handbook of Atheism states that North Korea maintains a state-sanctioned and enforced atheism. And North Korea leads the list of the 50 countries in which Christians are persecuted It is currently estimated that somewhere between 50,000 and 70,000 Christians are locked inside concentration camps because of their faith. And in those concentration camps, they are systematically subjected to mistreatment such as massive starvation, unrestrained torture, imprisonment, and death by asphyxiation in gas chambers. That means 20% of North Korea's Christian community lives in concentration camps or is imprisoned in concentration camps or is being killed there. The number of Christians who are being murdered for their faith is clearly increasing in frequency and intensity. Around 100,000 Christians being killed every year. Clearly, the persecution of Christians is increasing in frequency and intensity. This is a sign that we're in the last days. According to the religion news today, there may be as many as 300 million persecuted Christians worldwide. According to International Christian Concern. 425 Christians are being killed every single day. Jesus did more than predict an increase in the persecution of Christians. He explained the background and the blessing of persecution. First of all, the background, It's all these are all found in the Gospel of John chapter 15. Jesus explains, the world hates me, Jesus said. And they will hate you, my followers, because they hate me. You, my followers, are aliens in this world. And the world will persecute you because you are my followers. And then Jesus goes on to point out that these persecutors do not know God. That Jesus' words condemn them. And Jesus' works condemn them as sinners deserving judgment and then jesus told the disciples that there would be some blessing in the persecution first would be his comfort john 14:27 jesus says don't let your heart be troubled don't be afraid i will give you peace So there is uh, that comfort from Christ. And then in John 16.33, we see this additional comfort and words of encouragement. Jesus says, In this world you will have tribulation, but I have overcome the world, and in me you can have peace. So there is the blessing of Jesus' presence with his followers and his comfort and his encouragement and his peace, even in the midst of tribulation. And of course, Jesus has also told them that he's going to come back. This is a huge encouragement. It has given them hope. They have the blessed hope of Jesus Christ's return. And that when he does return, he will right all wrongs. He will bring an end to the heartache of persecution. He'll bring an end to the heartache of torment and torture and death. The Bible tells us in Second Timothy 3 that all who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. In Philippians chapter 1, we're told that it is granted unto you in behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Peter says Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his footsteps. So don't think it strange concerning the fire trial, as though some strange thing is happening to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, so that when his glory is revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. And what is he talking about? Well, Paul makes it even more clear. He says, The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And if we're children, then we're heirs of God. Now, notice this next part. And we can be joint heirs with Christ if we suffer with Him so that we can be glorified with Him. You see, the Bible makes it very clear that those who suffer with Christ or for Christ here in this life will be glorified with Christ in eternity. Let me encourage you to go back and listen to the Wisdom from Above podcast from Season 2, Episode 12. Okay, it's Episode 12 of Season 2, Because in that podcast, we examined the question, why does God allow the innocent to suffer? And that is so important to understand when it comes to persecution and tribulation. In that podcast, you will discover, among other things, that God is worthy of our trust in times of trouble. In that podcast, among other things, you'll discover that God is loving enough to want what is best, wise enough to know what is best and strong enough to do what is best. And you'll also be reminded that tribulation and persecution can have some positive results. It can drive us closer to God. It can strengthen our faith. It can cultivate our character. It can, um, it can remind us that we're in a spiritual battle. And also, it can remind us of our hope of heaven. We have a glorious hope. We have a blessed hope of an eternity where there's no more sickness or sorrow or suffering or tribulation or persecution. By the way, we need to be praying for persecuted Christians. Pray that those who are in prison will stay strong and be freed. Pray that those who are tortured will be comforted strengthened, released. Pray for the families of pastors, church leaders, and church members that were killed or tortured or imprisoned, that the Lord will comfort them and provide for all their needs. Pray for Christians who live in constant threat of attacks. Ask God to protect them, to give them courage, to give them hope, to give them peace. Pray that God will touch the hearts of the persecutors with the truth of the gospel, that they might come to know Him And turn from their evil way. Pray for Christians who convert from Islam to be protected and to be a light to their families. Pray for those who are helping to rebuild the communities and restore the churches after the violent attacks. Thank you for carving out the time to join me for this podcast of Wisdom from Above. It's difficult to think about the persecution that is taking place. But one thing we can do for sure, and that is we can pray. And we can encourage people in leadership to do something about those who are being persecuted and not to just ignore them. If you are blessed by these podcasts, please give them a five-star rating. And please subscribe so that you get a notice of each new weekly podcast. Wisdom from Above is both subscription-free and ad-free because of friends who are supporting me. I want to encourage you to share this podcast with your family and friends. This is Dr. Harlan Betts, wishing you a great week and God's blessings. I look forward to meeting with you again next week as Wisdom from Above continues to explore what the Bible says about the last days. Thank you for joining me in this passionate quest for wisdom from above.